Hello and welcome to Ian Wants to Learn. I'm Patrick. And I'm Ian. And I want to learn. What would you like to learn about today, Ian? I would like to learn about stuff. Subliminal messaging. I was subliminal messaging, you see, when I said that. <laughs> I didn't. You can't do it as one person. <laughs> I was trying to two voices, you know, underneath the. Well, it's also just gibberish. <laughs> well, you didn't have. Well, there was, was no it first mess, <laughs> or was there a message in there? Okay. Huh? What? So, I think when you first said this, it was you want to know if it works, right? I guess I want to know. Yes, does it work? Is it? I don't want to say is it real, but is it real? We've always heard about subliminal messaging, and to some degree, I guess there is. What is subliminal messaging in real terms? If you look at a movie like They Live, it's where it's you know a bunch of aliens come and you have the obey, and right, uh, right, you know, and so like when you put on the glasses, you can see the actual message. You know, that's a little different, but that's sort of the the bluntest form of subliminal messaging. Like you see a picture, but beneath it secretly is a message telling you to buy cornflakes, or if you listen to a song. Beneath the song, they're telling you to, like, kill your parents, kill right. your parents, you know, whatever. Right. Or if you play a record backwards, whatever the fuck. What is subliminal messaging? Does it work? Period. Question mark. Okay. I don't think we have anything else you want to talk about before we get into it. I, I guess we can get right into it. Yeah, no, I don't think we have any anything. All right. You're all in for a treat. <laughs> We're just going to go right into it. Right? You don't have to listen to us talk about our personal lives. Yes. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> So subliminal messaging. My sources are Vox Association for Psychological Science. Ian Zimmerman, researcher at the University of Missouri, Columbia, writes for a blog, Psychology Today. So when you asked me this, I was like, I don't actually know if it works. So the answer is sort of. Oh, okay. It does kind of work. So the myth that it can be used to get us to do something we wouldn't do otherwise is a myth. That's not true. You said kill your parents. I remember growing up, I had a friend. We went to a concert, and it was um, like a Smashing Pumpkins concert. And he he hated the Smashing Pumpkins. Like, ah, oh, it's like angry, you know, music. And we were talking about the flashing lights at like a show. And he was like, oh, every time the lights flash, it would be like, kill your parents. <laughs> and that was the joke that like, you know, it would turn us into parent killers. But that's that's not true. Like, you can't, you can't it doesn't work that way if it does work. The other thing is like obviously like if a word flashes on the screen or something like mm-hmm. it's like well how how fast does it have to be that you wouldn't see it, and so yep. the generally agreed time frame is point zero zero three seconds that your brain would recognize it but you wouldn't right notice it like if you saw it it appeared on the screen but if someone was like what did you see you wouldn't be able to say but would you like would part of you have understood it like a subconscious part of you yeah so i think generally they do it a little a little longer than that but it's still not perceivable i once years ago with some friends we went to (laughs) because at the time i was dating a scientologist we went to the i don't know if it was like the opening or if it was a party of a large scientology building and we you know we're doing like a little tour or whatever and we ended up in in like a tiny little theater and the theater was showing a little like mm, Scientology is great type of film. Right. And I swear to God, and I think my friends will back me up on this, but I swear to God, 
there were flashes, image flashes of L. Ron Hubbard. Right. It was like, and it Makes was like, sense. wait, wait, was that fucking L. Ron Hubbard right there? What just yeah, happened? Probably. So, you know, I have experienced it. There's a story that a lot of people associate with subliminal messaging and advertising. And I had never heard this, but there is a hoax study by these guys, James Vicari or Vicari and Francis Thayer in 1957. The study said that if you flashed drink Coca-Cola on a movie theater like screen, mm -hmm. it upped sales 18 percent. And if you really? flashed eat popcorn, it, uh, it increased sales by 58 percent. But the one guy, Vicari, he later admitted that he made it up to boost his marketing company. But when it first came out, that story lived in a lot of minds. Like a lot of people heard, oh, if you flash words on a screen, you can subliminally get people to do something to buy a product to, for advertising. So to some degree, this hoax study influenced kind of the pop culture's view of subliminal messaging. Correct. Yeah. Huh. And it's a it's like a very famous thing that I hadn't heard of, but like I said it it, it kind of lived on for a while until eventually that guy came out and said that he did make it up to boost his marketing company. I think what happened what ended up happening later was he he tried to replicate his results for like an actual client later and it didn't produce <laughs> the results that they wanted. Ah. So, you know, that's what happens when you make shit up. But yeah. In 2002, Princeton did a study where they added 12 frames of the word thirsty and 12 frames of a picture of a Coke can into an episode of The Simpsons. And 27% of the people who watched it stated they were thirstier after the show than before it. Not knowing that that was in there. Yes. Okay. Those shown only just blank white frames were marginally less thirsty. So they got similar results showing a picture of a sweaty boxer. Okay. Like but, people were thirsty because they saw a sweaty boxer? Yeah. So if you showed an it like someone who would be thirsty, you know, as well as <laughs> writing the word thirsty and putting a picture of a Coke can. Okay. They were 27% of those people said they were thirstier after the show aired. Did any percent of them say they were specifically thirsty for Coke? So we'll get into that. Ah, okay. Yeah. So there's a, there's a similar study in 2005, Utrecht University and Radboud University in the Netherlands. They primed participants with the words Lipton Ice, and then when they gave people the choice between that and another brand, they were more likely to choose Lipton. But they had to be already thirsty for it to work. So to manipulate thirst beforehand, they had some consumed salty candy, and they got similar results. So here's where we kind of get into, it does work, but it only works in a very limited way. So like I said, you can't get people to do things they wouldn't normally do. Okay. And in this instance, they couldn't get people to pick Lipton Ice over another brand if they weren't thirsty. They had to be thirsty for this to work. Okay. There's another example. So I didn't remember this, but in 2000, in the 2000 election, so I guess a little bit before 2000, George Bush ran an ad against Al Gore where near the end, the word rats quickly flashed before the words bureaucrats decide. It was actually a thing about Al Gore's health plan. So this predates the death panels and Obamacare and the government run health care, all that stuff. Al Gore probably had some boring ass, stupid health care plan. And George Bush was already saying bureaucrats are going to decide your health. Right. But right yeah. before bureaucrats decide was on the screen, it flashed the word rats. And people said it may have been an attempt to subliminally message, but Bush denied it. They pulled the ad. 
which is crazy to me because you see ads now and they are way less subtle, right? Yeah. But at the time in 2000, that was like controversial, right? That they were being underhanded and putting rats up there to make people think that Al Gore was in league with rats. Al Gore and the rats are going to take over this country. Well, and when it came up, they they were like, oh, well, that's not true. We didn't do that, but we'll pull the ad. You know, it's like, you know, whenever people talk about like the discourse now is, oh, it was always bad. It's like, no, because then like he made like kind of a sketchy ad and they pulled it. Now it's like they're like shooting guns at pictures of the other candidates and shit. Or they're cooking bacon on their gun, blowing things up. Right. Just like the most ridiculous. They don't give a shit now. Or the or the ads are outright you know racist or whatever they the, sure. the shit they do now. In two thousand eight, Adelphi and Emory University tried to replicate the political ad. So what they did is for an unknown candidate, they showed an ad for people and rats flashed subliminally. That message increased negative ratings of the candidate. Hmm. Other subliminal stuff like star and xxxx, which I don't know, I guess that means porn or something. <laughs> They didn't, they didn't seem to do anything. They didn't seem uh, to have any effect. There was another, th- that same study, they did another test where they subliminally flashed a picture of Bill Clinton before they showed an image of then-Governor Gray Davis in California. That seemed to make independent voters like Gray Davis better. Remember, at the time, Clinton was very popular among right. independents. It had no effect on Republicans or Democrats, and they think it's because they already have strong opinions on Gray Davis's politics, Right. So mm-hmm. if you like Gray Davis, you're already going to like him. The subliminal message is not going to have an effect. If you already hate him because you're a Republican, it's not going to affect. So independence could be swayed by showing a popular figure subliminally before you showed an image of, of Gray Davis. Right. And in order to make sure that they were actually subliminal, so like that it was so quick on the screen that they couldn't recall, mm-hmm. they had people guess what they had seen. And only two out of 272 people guessed right. Wow. So it's clear that they actually could not see it, or at least they could not recall, right? But it did flash on the screen long enough that, that it was knew there. That they'd seen something? Yeah. Well, they didn't know that they had seen something, because ah. that's the thing. It's like, suppose you don't know. You know, you may have seen like a flicker, and maybe you were right. like, oh, that was weird. But, you, you know, you couldn't have, like, you, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of a funny thing, because it's like the image is there, but mm. what matters is whether you perceive it, right? So it's like... They did see the image, but their brain couldn't perceive it in time, right? To be for them to be able to say, "Oh yeah, I saw that." That's the whole, you know, it's subliminal, right? It's like the dick in the cartoon in Fight Club. You know, you've seen something, you just right. don't know what it is. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they, okay. they had like the Disney movies, where there's always there was always like something put in. That was all like like in Lion King. It was uh, when they flop down in the flowers. It says "Sex in the Sky," right. and then there's the right. boner in Little Mermaid. And right. in um, Aladdin, it was, oh, God, the genie as a bee says, like, I want to have sex. or I don't know. What he, yeah, there's always something. And, oh, in The Rescuers, I think, there actually was, like, they had to recall it because an animator had put, like, an actual picture from, like, a porn in, like, right, a window right, right. of a building. Yeah, or the cover yeah. of The Little Mermaid, the poster. In the castle, one of them was like a dick. Yeah. There's yeah. all these, yeah, Disney's like sort of notorious for, I guess, subliminal sex. Yeah. <laughs> Getting all these kids grooming. Yeah, how many of them I can find and put on Instagram? Yeah, yeah. that'd be good. So yeah. there was another study also indicated subliminal messages might affect how you vote, but it, it wasn't really settled. So I, I didn't get into that. But, you know, there's a lot of caveats to whether these work. 
I already went over some, right? Like, it's not going to get you to do something you wouldn't do already. If you have a settled position, it's not going to get you to change that. If it's something related to thirst, like you have to be thirsty already. That has to already kind of be on your mind. The other thing is it says that, so these are small studies in controlled environments. The idea is that you're not distracted. These subliminal cues are much more obvious, whereas in real life, you have so many other distractions going on at any given time, right? You're like sitting in a specific room and they're like, we want you to watch this thing. Right. You can't do anything else. I'm sure you don't have your phone with you or whatever. And they're probably like, you know, you don't talk to anybody. Like that is the only thing you're focusing on. Right. right. But like in real life, you know, if you see an ad that were to have something subliminal, it, you're getting bombarded with so much other stimuli that it probably doesn't even reach you. Yeah. So the effects, although they've been measurable, they're also small too. So they seem to only really kind of nudge you in a way that doesn't really overwhelm your pre-existing inclination. Other studies indicate the message also doesn't last long. So in general, it only lasts a few minutes or hours, maybe. One study mm -hmm. showed that being subliminally primed with winning jackpot images increased people's willingness to bet, but the effect only lasted less than five minutes. Most U.S. advertising doesn't use subliminal messaging. There's not really any indication that it's more powerful than just a regular old ad. So in most instances, like this one guy, this researcher, he was like, why bother? Okay. You're already going to be so much more influential just doing an advertisement, you know, and occupying the space. Why waste the effort to try to do something subliminally? Just do it outright, right? Yeah. You wanted people to buy it. They can use subliminal messages for research. So subliminal priming studies are common not just to test subliminal messages themselves, but actually as a research tool in psychology. So here's how it works. Researchers flash something subliminally and see how it affects some other task or test. For example, this study found that subconsciously priming white Americans with the word black made them respond faster to negative stereotypes in a later word task, even among people who didn't display racist attitudes in a direct survey. So basically, like, if they had to do a task that related to potentially having a negative stereotype. If they flashed the word black to them before they had to do that task, they were much faster to respond with that negative stereotype if they had been primed beforehand. Hmm. Okay. One example of using subliminal messages to study implicit attitudes that people don't even know they have. Subliminal messages have become a tool that psychologists use to explore the unconscious mind. So non-advertising related, other research shows stimuli people were aware of could exert an influence on their behavior they were not aware of. For example, research showed that liquor store patrons bought more German wine when German music was playing in the store and more Italian wine when Italian music was playing in the store. Is that subliminal messaging? So when asked what led them to choose the wine they chose, very few patrons mentioned the music, implying that despite the fact they could hear the music, most of them were unaware it was influencing their behavior. Interesting. I feel like in that regard, it's interesting that that's subliminal. Like, I feel like it's it's one of those situations where it's not underneath anything. It's not hidden. It's just out in the open. So it's a song playing or a style of music or a video. You know, you walk in somewhere and there's commercials playing for something. And, and because you're so – the stimulus is everywhere. Everything is going on all at once. The one thing that sort of rings through is the Italian music. So when you're getting wine and the – I'm a Mario is playing in the background. I forgot we'd get to hear your Italian accent. Can you do German music? Can you do the uh, no. That was just bumps instead of dots. Drink some beer. Song. 
drinks the wine. It is very good. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying oh to like think God. poker music in my head or whatever, but I can't. Right, right. Uh, bump, bump. Nope. the the one piece of stimulus that rings true like the loud the one that sort of is over the rest of them so if the music is what's playing and the loudest that gets through a little bit so it's like the one thing out of all the stimuli i think they're they're saying that it like because they asked them why they chose the white they don't even know they don't even like say the music. They don't right, even no, think yeah, about it. Right? No, yeah, because it's again, it's it's you've got a lot of stimuli. So you've got posters, right. videos, bottles of wine, and then this song playing. And the song is because the video maybe has no sound, and the wine bottles make no noise, and and the posters make no noise. But the sound is sort of going, and you're not paying attention to it necessarily. It's like getting a song caught in your head. How many times have you had a song caught in your head, and you're like, when the fuck did I hear that song? I, I don't recall listening to that song, but you did. At some point, that's how it got in there, likely. And it was just on on the background or it was in a commercial or it was in a TV show you were watching and it just gets in there. And so it's like the sound is the one audible thing that you're hearing. So it gets, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. But I feel like because it's that one thing, it's in there. You don't notice it because of everything else, but your brain does. Well, yeah. So there's... I'm a uh, scientist. Yes. (laughs) Clearly. I'll, I'll get a bit more into that specific example. There's another element of it. But okay. one purpose of playing, I, it had this one note here. One purpose of playing upbeat music in restaurants is to make us eat faster and mm. increase the restaurant's turnover rate and by extension its revenues. I had not heard that. You worked in restaurants. Do you, have you heard that? I have not heard that, but I do know that there are, now this might just be out of like copyright things and stuff. Like you can get in trouble for playing, for just putting on like an XM station for like copyright. I don't know, but there are like, stations that restaurants will use that with like pre-programmed music and i didn't maybe that's part of the reason it's there which i didn't know but there are pre-programmed either stations or playlists that restaurants will use and again that might have more to do with like copyrights than anything else or they're like play more taylor swift and people will eat faster i don't know right well this is upbeat music so i I, you know because it's faster it makes you eat faster i feel like there's some places too that they play the music very loudly and i feel like that's probably like Okay, we don't want them just hang around here forever, right? Well, have you ever heard that like McDonald's has uncomfortable seating and like gross color schemes specifically to get you to eat fast, like to get uh, in and get out? That. Are I you heard sure that, it's like, not just that... gross because it's McDonald's? <laughs> well, they could certainly choose a better color scheme, you know. But I, I say like, that as like, somebody who very much enjoys McDonald's, so, right? Yeah, there you go. Uh, but I feel like their color scheme is like beige. And like weird, gross colors, and then this like the booths and the seats—they're not right. comfortable. So the idea is like, oh, you get your fast food, you eat it fast, you get the fuck out. Right, right. I've heard that. Yeah. I don't know how true that is, but that's you know, I don't know if that's subliminal yeah. or whatever, but you know, maybe. I, I just hadn't heard the thing about making people eat faster by playing upbeat I had music. Neither, I thought yeah. that was interesting. So psychologists are now aware that to be effective, subliminal stimuli must appeal to current needs and goals, as we said. For example, subliminally presenting thirst-related words led people to drink more when they were already thirsty. Only people already planning to donate to charity and who already held strong, consistent values were influenced by a subliminal prime to donate more. And it's short-lived. As I said, thirsty participants were more likely to choose a prime brand when offered for free, but not when there's a brief 15-minute delay between the prime and the choice, suggesting effects are relatively short-lived. So for subliminal messaging to sort of optimally work a lot of times you have to sort of already be on the same track that the people are on and it has to be a a quick turnaround yeah it has to be something they would already be inclined to do 
It has to okay. be quick, and it has to uh, be something where they wouldn't be bombarded with other stuff already. Oh, fantastic. I have a great idea. What? No, you'll, you'll see. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Are you going to flash something on the screen while I'm No, what, I'm not going to flash what, I don't want to encourage you to do anything. Okay. Just continue. Uh, and it can influence you in ways that make you lose free will. Tell your friends about this podcast. <laughs> Tell your friends about this podcast. Tell your friends about this podcast. Text them right now. You're supposed to keep talking. <laughs> It's hard to do it when you're talking. <laughs> well, I was trying to talk quiet, you know. Right. It was too loud. Damn. What you can do is when we're done recording this, you add can it just record. Yeah, just add it in. Nice. There you go. That's okay. how you do it. Um, <laughs> just add it in the whole episode. Just a low Tell your running. friends about this pod. Tell your friends about Ian wants to learn. Tell your friends about Ian wants oh, to see, learn. Oh, see, you know, actually, you know what? It's not going to work because they're, they would not be pre-inclined to do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like if they're one of the five listeners, they might be. Maybe, maybe. Listen to another episode when you're done with this episode. Listen to another episode. <laughs> Listen like to all our episodes all day, every day. Yes. It, it can't influence you in ways that make you lose free will or behave in any way not consistent with your normal values. Interesting. Psychologists are now aware that when it comes to the stimuli, we must not be aware that the stimuli is exerting an influence on us. So, for example, the liquor store story that I gave you. Yeah. If patrons were told beforehand that the music would lead them to buy Italian wine, Many of them would likely not have chosen wine. They would have chosen wine of a different origin or not wine at all. So it doesn't work if you tell them beforehand, obviously, that, hey, we've got this music on. It should make you buy Italian wine more. Then they would be like, no, I'm not going to do that. I feel um, like that, that is similar to the group think where it's like depending on when the opinion is formed. Right. Is when you. So it's like if we're telling you what your opinion should be, you're not going to have that opinion. Right. But if you came yeah. to it on your own, even subliminally, yeah. you're much more likely to do it. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, we, we're going with the theme here, right? We've been we doing are, a lot of like psychology. Yeah. Sociology stuff lately. But, you know, still kill the rich. Yes, please. <laughs> That's what you should put running at the bottom. There you go. Kill the just, rich. Kill, yeah, the, kill rich, the rich. Kill the rich. <laughs> <laughs> we might get in trouble for that. Um, <laughs> Not if, if it's someone goes out and does. <laughs> Someone's going to go out and do that. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Additionally, so there was another fun example. If people who imitate another person when eating ice cream were told beforehand that they'd copy that person's eating behavior, they probably wouldn't have done so. So there was an example where, I don't think I have it listed here, but there was an example where if... Like, do we subliminally imitate other people when we eat ice cream? Yes. So there was a study they did where, like, you would have somebody go up and get a portion of ice cream, Mm -hmm. and then other people would get similar portions to that person. And it was whoever got the ice cream first, that's what they would get. And I wish I had oh, this. Oh, not eat it in a. Oh, I see. I thought you meant like they eat it the same way. No, 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 no. It, they eat the, the same type. It's the portion of, of the amount of ice okay. cream they oh. got. It would be similar to what other people got. That's in, I, I feel like having been in restaurants, there are two things I've noticed. There are there are days where everyone orders the same thing. Like it's weird. Yeah. You'll just be like, oh, wow. Today's like a BLT day. Like Everybody's just ordering a fucking BLT. And then I've also had managers, and I, I thought this was stupid. I still think it's stupid, but maybe there's something to it. Where, the, you know, you, you make up a dessert. You know, I've worked in restaurants where the desserts, you know, you, like, fucking sprinkle the shit on and drizzle the shit on, and it looks all pretty. And, like, the manager would be like, oh, make sure to walk that through the restaurant before you get it to them. You know, right, so you right. walk the fucking dessert, like, through the entire restaurant. The idea being that people see it, and they're like, oh, I'm going to order that fancy-looking dessert. I don't know if it works or not, but. There were definitely yeah. days where everybody was eating the same shit and it didn't make any sense as to how they all knew that they were all eating the same thing. Right, right. 
Oh, yeah. So research showed that people who watched someone eating ice cream before being given the chance to eat ice cream themselves would unknowingly eat the same amount of ice cream as the other person. The article was saying that if you told the person beforehand that they would copy another person's eating behavior, they wouldn't do it. Right. But we would kind of naturally, if we see someone getting a certain amount, then we would get that amount. Yeah. It kind of ties back to anchoring, right? Because when we see an idea, we tend to anchor our idea to that number, right? So if someone Mm -hmm. says these redwood trees are a thousand feet tall, we would say, oh, maybe it's 900 because we're anchored to that first thing that we heard of. So it's kind of the same thing with these, with the ice cream example. So that's it. That's all I have for subliminal messaging. Not too long today. Clearly the film Josie and the Pussycats was wrong about subliminal messaging. What was the, what were they wrong about? The plot of the film is that (laughs) I have not seen this. So it's, it's actually quite fun. Okay. Um, but it's it's the same people who did Can't Hardly Wait, if you enjoy that film. I have not seen that either. Ugh, watch these movies. <laughs> anyway, Josie and the Pussycats is obviously based on the Archie comic, but the plot of the film is that uh, Alan Cumming and Parker Posey run this, like, mega music company, and they're using pop bands to, like, subliminally message people into buying shit and, mm-hmm. you know... And so the plot is that the the Pussycats, they get a record deal, and then they figure out what's actually going on, that there's this message beneath their music that is, you know, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, it's a fun right, movie. Right. It's obviously it was true, but it's actually a pretty fun movie. And sorry, and it's a movie about subliminal messaging. You know what? Everybody should go watch Josie the Pussycats. It's a sure. fun movie. Everybody do that. <laughs> yeah, so I was surprised that it, it actually does work. And I think it's something that it's like, it's kind of cool to know that it does, but it's also nice that, it works, but it's not really like that Minimally. effective. Yeah, yeah. Like it has so many caveats to it. And even the studies that show measurable increase that they talk about how these are like very closed studies where, you know, the influence of it might be higher than if it is in the real world. So it's just nice to, to see all that. I mean, yeah. it's also nice to know that we haven't been being subliminally. That we know of, right? That we know. I guess that's true. Maybe there are levels of subliminal messaging. Someone's probably like, this is all you guys are buying into it. They're subliminally messaging us all the time. That's why we're doing podcasts. We've been subliminally messaged into podcasting. Right. Uh, I don't even know if that's You're white and a man and have an opinion? Do a podcast. And you have another white guy to have opinions with you. Do a (laughs) podcast. Perfect. We need more of that. I mean, I think what's interesting about this is that you don't really need subliminal messaging. Right. You can just use advertising. Yeah. If I'm thirsty and I see an ad for Budweiser and, like, the it's a frosty glass and it looks delicious and they're pouring it in and it's golden, you know, you're like, oh, damn, I could really go for a beer right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, it, it's – but I'm already thirsty. And right. so now you're showing me this – I remember seeing – I think it was the first – I think it was like the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, like the first one. And I was I was so fucking thirsty. And the last like 30 minutes of that movie are just so much like beautiful looking water. <laughs> and like I was dying. I just wanted a drink. And I ended up buying a drink after the movie from the movie theater like a crazy person. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so. But that's the thing. Like that's all. Like you said, that's just advertising. Like that's just. Right. Well, it's, it's not all about subliminal. playing into what you already it, want. So it's like. Right. But if like I go even, to a baseball game, advertise food and drink at the baseball game because I'm probably hungry and thirsty, so I will buy food and drink and baseball things. Yeah. 
Does that answer your, uh, it does. your question about subliminal, subliminal messaging? Mess- is a thing. It's just not a very effective thing. Right. But it can Unless, be used in research. Yes. That's one thing that was nice. To, well, I to guess learn. so it, it's used for exploring the subconscious or the unconscious mind. Subconscious? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's a way to like, like it says, to, to prime people for like, if you want them to have a certain reaction to something, you can kind of prime yeah. them. You know, it's kind of interesting. It's almost like an extra like control, right? It's almost like a way to be like, well, do they have that normally? Or is it because, you know, if we prime them, does that have a significant impact on whether they have that? You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just an amateur researcher, psychology researcher here. And I don't think you looked into this, but I'd be interested to know. And I don't know if this is considered subliminal messaging, but there are all these things. I, <laughs> I'm going to bring up something very stupid, but you know, what else is new? Right. There was a guy who had a show on, I think he had it on like MTV or something. I think his name was like Mystery or some stupid shit like this. But his whole thing was like teaching guys how to get girls. And a lot of it was like <laughs> negging and all that stupid oh, shit. And God, he wrote okay. some like bro Bible. But I'm, I'm ignoring the negging bullshit. But like there was an aspect of like the way you dress. Like you have to dress uh, uh, garishly maybe. like, But on people. The way that we dress sends messages. Is there a level of subliminal messaging to that? Like if I go to the club and I'm wearing like uh, tight jeans and a Ed Hardy shirt, like do women see that? And they're like, oh, that dude fucks. You know what I mean? I'm not saying a guy in an Ed Hardy shirt gives off that message. I'm just saying like are there ways to dress that deliver messages to people? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean I think that's what we're saying is that they do. That's all. That's all just messaging, right? Like that's just messaging. That's not subliminal messaging. That's right, because it's just out there. Like you're wearing an okay. outfit, they're going to see you in it for an extended period, and they're going to have a perception based on what they see, right? So it's like it's liminal. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know what it is because it's like you know subtext or, or context or yeah, it, it exists and you perceive it, right? It's not like subliminal is supposed to be that you don't really perceive it or you perceive it unconsciously, right? Right. So. You know, but we, I mean, you watch, you know, movies and TV, there's, there's all sorts of stuff that they can do where you, you don't necessarily think about it, but it's obviously perceived, you know, you see it. Well, I mean, that's just what advertising is in movies. I feel like James Bond and Heineken is a great example. I mean, that guy's been drinking Heineken's or if not drinking Heineken's, then like on the street with a Heineken truck, you know, which isn't subliminal. It's there. It's, you see it and whether or not you acknowledge it as direct advertising i guess they're hoping that you just see like james bond riding his motorcycle over a heineken truck and you'll be like boy i want a beer i'm gonna get a heineken right or, or like a beer commercial with a bunch of women in bikinis right or whatever right. so you know it's like it's clearly obvious like that they, they want to associate right you know the imagery but you know subliminal would be you know just a blip that you barely perceive but it's like how would that be any more it's just nowhere near as effective as just already just showing you what you want them to see. Right. Yeah. Or, or, so you know, blunt just saying showing what you want messaging them to hear. is better than subliminal messaging. Right. Right. Is the point. Right. So when I am on our Instagram, I should just write the words, listen to Ian wants to learn. What else would you put? Well, instead of having a picture, just Ian wants to listen to Ian. Wants well, no, because if you have the picture obvious. with it, then oh, okay. you know people might, it's like having extra, st- it's like the beer commercial. So don't be too just, obvious. The beer commercial doesn't say drink beer and then that's it. It has like people having fun or it has people, you know, right. you know well, at a beach or whatever. Drink beer. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Tell sure. Me what to do. Yeah. 
don't well, know. I guess in that instance, it's it's a different aesthetic, so it might stand out in that way, right? If it was just there a black screen, it was like drink Budweiser, and then that was it. People would be like, "What the fuck? I'm gonna. I guess I should drink Budweiser now." <laughs> I remember when I first heard the song. That oh fuck, what was the big song from Rammstein? Du uh, hast. Du hast. First time I ever heard that song, I was like, what are they saying to me? What <laughs> message is being delivered here? What is this? What is going on? Kill your parents. <laughs> Kill. <sighs> Kill your parents. Kill your parents. <laughs> Kill your parents for me. All right, cool. Well, that's that's subliminal messaging. Yeah. yeah. Did you learn today? I did. I did learn. I did learn about subliminal messaging. Cool. Yeah. Well, this has been Ian Wants to Learn. I'm Patrick. I'm Ian. And I learned. See you later. I was recently in Vegas. I was waiting in line outside of an arena, and there were thousands of us waiting in line, a bunch of different lines. And all of a sudden, I started hearing people, hey, we need a medic, hey, somebody. You know, you're seeing some hands pop up. People are yelling. The, the rest of us are kind of like, huh, Do we? what's going on? Did we hear something? The yelling goes away for a second, and then it comes back, and it, it, it kind of came and went. It was like, oh, something has happened. Someone has gotten hurt in the center of this crowd, and they're calling for anybody to come and deal with it. No one did anything. Mm-hmm. Eventually, medics got there, but I was standing there thinking, like, about our episode. I was like, I should do something. Mm-hmm. Like, I should help them. <laughs> But maybe they're jokesters. Maybe this is a joke and I don't want to look a fool. It was very interesting because I even mentioned in our episode that if you're injured, you have to specifically point to someone and be like, you help me. But it was this moment of groupthink where I was kind of like, no one is doing anything because all of us are just kind of like, well, we don't want to look dumb or we don't know what it is. It was just very interesting that all of us just reacted as though nothing were happening. And I think the person had just passed out from like, you know, heat exhaustion or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it was weird because I was like, this is exactly what we talked about. The whole group is just being dumb together. All of us could have worked together to help this person and none of us did. Right. Anyway, that was just that made me think of the episode. Yeah, well, I'm glad that person's okay and that your inactivity didn't cause them to die. Me too. Me too.